it's funny. This morning, I had like my wife made me breakfast. She made me pancakes, and then I usually eat a lot more than just two pieces. But I only ate like two pieces, and then uh, and I came to church. And usually at church, I, like in between like Sunday swim, I grab something to eat so that you know I'm not hungry. But and the people were actually offering me food, like, "Oh, here, eat some of this." I was like, "No, I don't want it." I don't know why I said that, because uh, as I was praising, I was like, "Man, I'm hungry." And then, and then uh, I was like, uh, I started thinking about like maybe there's some cookies in there. I was like, maybe I can go grab some cookies. Like uh, Brisa brought cookies. I was like, I'll go grab them. And then God was like, like he he kind of reminded me of this kind of. I, I kind of like made a commitment a couple of weeks ago to fast, and in this past week I haven't fasted. Um, I should have, but I didn't. And he was telling, he tricked me into fasting today. And he was like, he, he basically told me like, well, what do you want more? You know, do you want this cookie or, or do you want my grace, my presence on you? And then I just got this deep revelation of, of just this yearning that I have for God. And he, yeah, he like, he, he lured me into a fast, you know, of, of fasting my lunch today. So uh, uh, it was a blessed time. Praise was amazing. Uh, I love that song, the second one. Before me and behind me, and yeah. I, I just got into it. I was like, man, it's such a good song. And I, uh, I honor Pastor Herman. You know, it's just bringing a fresh, uh, just a, a, like a fresh anointing to the praise and worship ministry of our church. Um, today, I'm going to continue to keep my sermon series from the book of Acts on the back burner. I'm not done with it. I'm going to keep on going uh, in the future. But today, I want to share with you about a lesson that God's really been reteaching me in my life. Um, I believe that God brings us to certain lessons in our lives and he reteaches us things, you know, so that not because we didn't get it the first time, but when we come back to it, you see, he wants to take us to a deeper revelation of of these teachings. He wants to take us deeper. We will never be experts on the truth of God. You know, there's times where I'd be like, man, I got this nailed down. I got this all figured out. And that's the moment that God invites me to go deeper with him. He's like, you're just scratching the surface. So today I want to talk about a biblical truth that we all need a revelation of. And it's joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. Everybody say, I need some joy. joy. Now I remember overhearing a non-Christian a while back. And uh, this person was saying how Christians think that that we have a monopoly on love, peace, and joy. They think like, man, you guys believe that like you guys are the only one that can experience joy. You guys are the only one that can, can experience love. Like, you guys have this monopoly. Is that a baby? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Karis. I was like, where is she? Uh, I, I, that you guys have a, a monopoly on, on, on love and on joy and peace. And, you know, and, and yes, we don't have, no, we don't have a monopoly on these things. You know, we don't have a monopoly on love. I'm sure a Muslim mother, you know, loves her Muslim child. You know, if you look at an uh, 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 atheist... You know, I'm sure there are atheists out there that have found peace in their life, you know. And, and, and I'm sure that there's, there's Buddhists that, that experience joy, you know. Because we are all made in the image of God, the one and only true living God, we can all experience these truths to a certain degree. You know, non-Christians, they fall in love all the time. They'd be partying at the club, be like, oh man, what's up? I love you, let's get married. And they get married, they have kids, and they experience love. You know what I mean? They do. However, the ability to love, the ability to have joy, the ability, ability to, to experience peace, we have it because God allows us to have it. It's a part of who He is. 
And so us being made in his, in his image, we can have it. There's like a, a fundamental love and a fundamental peace and joy that we, we are able to live in. However, the ability to love, you know, because, and you know, and I said that we can, we have it, but it's because, you know, that we, ha- we're made in his image that we have it, right? Where am I? And with that said, we can only experience these things in its fullest, is where I was going to go. We can only experience it in its fullest only through, the, through God, the one and only true living God. You know? Meaning, people out there, they may know love, but they don't know the love of God. And now, today, I want to talk to you about a joy, a joy that really doesn't make sense to the world that's out there. You know? It says in, in the world in the word of God that his presence is the fullness of joy, right? And what does it mean to walk in the fullness of joy? It's a joy that if we talk about it to people that don't know, they'd be like, Man, are you smoking something? Like, why are you so joy? Why do you why are you so happy? But it, it does not make sense to the world out there. But to us, it makes perfect sense. So before I go on, I want to give you a worldly definition of of the word joy. So I actually went on Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It's like the, the dictionary that we've all kind of grew up with. And the number one definition of the word joy, okay, it's the number one definition. It says, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospects of possessing one's desires. Isn't that how so much of the world, is how, is, is how they, the world sees joy? Well-being, success, good fortune, possessing what, what one desires. But as Christians, we think, man, how shallow is that? It's such a shallow level of joy. But many times you and I, people that have been redeemed, that have been reborn into the, into the likeness of Christ, who have Christ in us, we tend to define joy in this way. And, and you know, with me, I'm guilty of it myself. Things are all going good. And you're like, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Yeah, everything's going good. I got married. You know, like I got this beautiful wife. I'm, I'm living out here. I got, like, I got the joy, man. But then all of a sudden, things are going, things are going kind of not the way I expect. All of a sudden, I get all depressed. I get angry. I get bitter. And I start having a party. A party of one. A pity party. Brothers and sisters, that's not the kind of joy that Jesus Christ talked about in John 16, 22, when he said that our hearts will rejoice and no one will take our joy from us. So let's take a deeper look at what this joy is about. I want us to turn to the Bible, turn to the, the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. This is the famous we all kind of know, heard this verse before. And, it's in, in, and the book of Philippians is considered the, the, the letter of joy. Because in this, there's so many instances of the word joy and rejoice that comes. And so if we look at uh, Philippians chapter 4. Hey, Alex. <laughs> verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. 
The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, so I want to look at the first part. And we're going to go, go on. We're going to read further down later on in, in, in the sermon. But I want us to look at the first exhortation. This is what Paul tells us to do. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. And, and in these simple words by Paul... There is a powerful truth that, that we can learn from these, these very simple words of t- him just telling us, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And that simple truth is that joy is a choice. We have a choice to rejoice. And that's my first and main point of my sermon today. Joy is a choice. It may not seem like it. You know, but there's a lot of power in the word choice. The power of choice. Paul is saying that we have a power to choose whether we have joy or not. And that ability to choose is power. You know, there's authority there. When you're given the choice, you're, you're also given the ability and the authority to make that choice and to make that decision. You know, last Wednesday, Mina had Wednesday off, and so... We, we, I went and I got a new backpack, I got new shoes. I haven't bought anything for myself in a long time, and so I kind of went shopping on, 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 and Shinsegae, and then uh, I got a haircut. You guys like my haircut? And then, uh, we met up, you know, and Herman and Grace and Baby Karis were there. And we're like, oh, what are you guys doing here? And so we met them at uh, Baby H&M. Uh, H&M has a little baby section, and then we went over there, and then, and we saw, we, we, we ran into, uh, and Herman and, and Grace, and they were by the baby hats. And then uh, they were, and then Grace was putting, she put this one hat on Karis, and immediately she took it off. And then she put this hat on again, and she goes, no, she took it off again. And then, and then she took a blue hat, and then put it on, and then she just kept it on. And she was like, oh, I like this. And then she took it off and put a white hat on again, and she immediately took it off again. And it was like she had a choice there. She was choosing. She was like, I don't like this hat. I like this one, but I don't like this hat. You know? When, when a baby is first born, she, baby basically has no choices, right? She's just sitting there, ah. Can't even choose to open their eyes sometimes. Like, ah. But even at, a, at 10 months, Karis is 10 months, right? Even at 10 months, Karis has the ability to choose. And that's power. And as she gets older, she's going to be given more power to choose what she eat, what she can eat, what she can wear, who her friends are. And eventually, when she turns about 35, who she's going to date, right? <laughs> Karis doesn't know it, but she hates that right now. There is a power in the ability to choose. People in the world, you know, people out in the world, what do they want? What are they, what are they working so hard to get? What is it? Money, right? They want money. The world thinks money, but you know what? Yes, money brings security. Money can bring kind of a, a layer of safety. But the aspect of money that more people are concerned about isn't just safety and security, but it's the ability to create choices in their life. It's, it's the ability to bring choice. Money increases your option, and now you have a greater ability to choose. You have a greater selection to choose. And the, the, and the, the ability to choose is power. 
This is why companies are willing to spend billions of dollars a year on advertising because the ability for the consumer to choose, that's power. And then we look at the other side of this, of this picture and we look at the people with the least amount of power. We look at slaves. Now you guys say, well, well there's no slavery. No, slavery ended with the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, it ended slavery in one way, but it continues on today. It continues on in the form of sex trafficking, in human trafficking, in the sex industry. And when we look at the women, the girls, the children trapped in the sex industry, you know, these are the, the people with the, with the lowest amount of choices in their life. And they're stuck in this place. It's not because they don't have money. Yes, they don't have money, but it's not really necessarily the, the money that has them trapped, but it's the, the fact that they have no choices. And the fact that they don't have a choice says that they have no power. And, and for some women in the sex trade industry, even when someone comes and tries to give them a choice, they, they want to give them a way out. And many of these women, they end up going back to what they were doing because of their minds, because of all the brainwashing by the pimps, that they believe that their ability to choose was taken away from them. Because they don't have the ability to choose, they feel powerless. You know what? Many believers today, this is what they think about their ability to choose joy. Their choice to rejoice. They don't see it as a choice. But they let their circumstances dictate the joy in their lives. They don't realize that they can choose. God gave us a choice. And I want to ask you today, do you know that you can choose joy? Do you know? Is it, is it a truth in your life that you can choose joy? Because, you know, when we look back at the definition of the word joy, the, human, the, the worldly definition says, the emotion ev- evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospects of possessing what one desires. Well, what happens to you when you don't possess what you desire? Hard times come. And instead of choosing joy, will you allow your circumstances to steal your joy? Dictate your ability to have joy. You lose your job. You can't find a job. You fail a class. You get, you get sick. Sometimes it's even not even that significant. It's like your coworker says something rude to you. Your, your wife doesn't clean the dishes. And all of a sudden, you lose your joy. All of a sudden, your ability to choose goes out the window. And, you're, and you wallow in your discontent. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we have to take the heart what Paul is telling us here in verse 4. It says, rejoice. It's a choice. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the trials, persecution, no matter how annoying they are, no matter how rude or nasty they act, no matter how much money you lose, no matter how unjustly you are treated, you are still given a choice. And he's saying, choose joy. The Bible says, even in persecution, I don't think any of you guys really experience persecution. But yeah, there's persecution all around the world. And you know, in some degrees, you guys might have experienced persecution. But he's saying, even in persecution, choose joy. James 1, 2, 
through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. First Peter 4, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And Jesus himself, in the Beatitudes, it says in Luke chapter 6, he says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your names as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Even Jesus tells us to rejoice. When it comes to joy, we are given a choice. We are not helpless. We're not helpless to the arbitrary circumstances that come upon our lives. To the fortuitous happenings of our lives. I know what fortuitous means. I didn't have to Google that. You know, it, 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 it can't be based on our circumstances. But we have the ability and we have the authority to choose joy. In, in any circumstances, in all circumstances, we have this ability and we have this authority. We have the power to choose joy. And now the question comes to, how do I choose joy? Because it is hard sometimes. How do I choose joy when I lose my job? When I have no income? How do I choose joy when I'm getting kicked out of my apartment? How do I choose joy when things are stolen from me? How do I choose joy when, I, when my prayers aren't being answered? I pray and, and my, it's not being answered. How do I do, choose joy when I'm being persecuted? When people hate me? When I'm being rejected? How do I choose joy? And the answer to that comes from Philippians 4.4. When he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And in there he says, rejoice in the Lord. Our joy must be in the Lord. It must come from God. And it can only come from God through His Spirit. I'm going to expound on this. But we must choose to rejoice in the Lord through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. You know, there is joy that we have. But if you want to rejoice in the Lord, it's got to be a revelation by the Holy Spirit. We need to be operating in the Spirit, being led by His Spirit. And when we are born again and we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the ability to choose joy. Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and the joy in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Against such things there is no law. In Thessalonians 1, 6, and you came you became imitators of us and of the and of the Lord, for you received the word in such affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to choose joy, you have to choose the Holy Spirit. Because when you choose the Holy Spirit, He leads you. Okay, he leads you into all understanding. But yes, but He leads you to a revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. John 15, 26, it says, Jesus says that he will send the helper, the Holy Spirit, and that he will testify about Jesus Christ. 
And here's Paul, a man who suffered, was persecuted, hated, rejected. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was beaten one time to a, to a, to a point where he, everybody thought he was dead. He left him for dead. And then he realized, I'm not dead. <laughs> he got up and he rejoiced. And he went off, kept on doing what God called him to do. Here is Paul that's been, he had lashes in his back, was whipped, was, had chains on his arms. He, 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 he went hungry. He went cold. And he's able to say, rejoice. Right now, when he writes this letter, the, the book of Philippians, he's in prison. He is. He, he writes this from Rome when he's, 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 he's arrested. And he's gone through all of these crazy trials and all of these, these the, the, like getting beaten and tortured and all this stuff. And then at the end of it, he still says, rejoice. It's a choice. Choose joy. And when you look at Philippians, there's so many instances where he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. That's a theme of this book. And he says, how? How can he do this? How can he say this after all of this crazy things? It's because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was constantly leading him into the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit was constantly testifying to him about who Jesus is in him. The gospel means what? It means good news. And it was that good news that filled Paul when he was getting beaten. It was when he was going through the persecution. When he was in prison. It was, it was this good news that created this joy in him that was able to sustain him through whatever circumstances that he would face. It was the joy of the Holy Spirit who was always was revealing Christ to him, the person of Christ. Church, if we are to walk in a joy that can carry us through anything, any circumstances, it has to be a joy that comes from the revelation of Jesus through his Holy Spirit. When circumstances try to take your joy, you have to choose to listen to the Holy Spirit when it, and what He's saying about Jesus. Your choice to rejoice has to come from an understanding of Jesus Christ. You know, have you ever had a good news that made you so happy that people could like be all rude to you and you're like, you don't care? Like, man, it's all good. <laughs> have you ever been so like had this news in your heart? And then it, it, like, like people could take money from you. Be like, I don't care. It's good. And this happened when, when, you know, before I met, I met Mina a long time ago, but before we started dating, I haven't, I didn't have a girlfriend for a long time. I think it was like, like nine years or something. It was a very long time. I didn't have a girlfriend, you know, and, and, uh, and then even in Korea, I was in Korea for like five years and I wasn't dating anybody, you know, and, and we, and then, and then one day, I remember we, we like we went on this date and then we had and then I was like man I want to marry this girl and then we were like oh we want to get married and then I remember there's, there's like this excitement was in me and I was like man was like, like like nothing could like I was on cloud nine and like like people could like say like like mean things to me I'm like I don't care it's all good and I right time then I was working at a preschool and so there are times when the kids would be like ah we hate you you suck I'm like I don't care. And then my boss would come in and say, oh, you did this all wrong. Do this all over again. You guys need to, like, like do this. There's a presentation. You guys do it. Do it again. Your parents are going to hate this. And I don't care. I have a girlfriend. I'm going to get married. And I remember it just carried me through any kind of 
Like whatever people would say to me, I really didn't matter to me for a while. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, if you have truly put your faith in him, it produces a joy that can bring you through all circumstances. If you truly believe that he is real, he is alive, he's coming back. We, we get to be in eternal bliss with him. How amazing is that truth? We were, we were headed for eternal death, and now we get to live in eternal joy with Him. Why wouldn't we choose joy? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't every situation pale in comparison to that truth? Amen? Well, being human, we forget. Our minds and hearts start to dwell on other things, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit to constantly reveal to us who Jesus is in us. Constantly reveal to us the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be led so that we can choose joy. You know, the other day, I think it was yesterday, I woke up and I was, I woke up late because I went to sleep late. And, and, and it, was, it was a good day. You know, nice day. My, you know, Mina was very nice to me. And then all of a sudden, like, like something happened, and then I lost something. And I don't know if you guys really know, but I hate it. It's one of the, the things that, like, I really can't stand when I lose something. And, then, and Mina will testify that if I lose something, I will, I will spend, like, hours looking for it until I find it. I have to find it. I think it stems from, like, me losing things when I was younger. Like, I remember I lost, like, this very expensive leather jacket that my mom bought me. And she was like, oh. And then she, like... Like, made me feel so guilty for such a long time. You know, and, then, and when I was in high school, I got my car stolen. I lost my car. And then my dad was like, oh, it made me feel guilty for a very long time. And so since then, I think I have this, like, this, this overwhelming, like, this annoyance when I lose something. And I have to find it. And so I was like, and then I had to write my sermon. And I remember I was, like, running through the house. I was like, where is this? I can't find it. Did you throw it away? And then Mina was like, I didn't throw it away. And then I just, at that moment... Like, I was not choosing joy. I was choosing this thing that I had lost. And I was like, man, what's going on? And I yelled at her, and she was like, oh, why, why are you yelling at me? And, then, and then we had this kind of this fight. Yeah. She's like, why are you yelling at me? And I was like, I don't know. And then, and then she just went to folding socks. And then I was like, just looking. Was like, and, then, and then I had this moment. I had this moment where I kind of sat there, and I said, God, like, 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 this is not good. <laughs> and then I started to listen. I started to listen. And then, and then, and then the, the, what I kept on getting was, like, because when I was writing, when I was, like, angry like this, I was saying, man, I can't speak on this tomorrow. Like, this was running through my mind. Like, There's no way that you're going to do a sermon on joy after you, like, you got angry like this to your wife. And then and, and God just sat me down. He said, choose joy. Choose joy. And I just sat there, and I was like, oh, choose joy. Choose joy. And then, like, let go of offense in your heart. Let, let it go. And then as I started to choose joy, I, and then it says, like, like, apologize to your wife. And, 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 like, Holy Spirit was leading me. And it's like, what's more important? Like, like li- listen to, like, well, what have I given you? Like, what, what the amazing plans that I have for you? Like, what is it, like what's more important? And he, he gave me this revelation of Jesus you know, through my wife. And I was like, oh. And I went, I apologize. 
And we, we hugged it out. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and after the fact, I still didn't find it. It still kind of bothers me. <laughs> a little bit. I want to find it. But, you know, I, was, like, I chose joy at that moment. And it was by the leading of the Holy Spirit. No, it, it, yeah, we can get into a place where we're like, ah! But if we stay in that place, we're never going to hear the Holy Spirit. But if you can get in that place, ah, what's going on? And then you have to listen. You have to listen. Holy Spirit is in you. And when you choose to listen, and you start going after the Holy He's going to lead you to a place where you retain your joy. You keep your joy. Now, my story might sound trivial to you. But our ability to choose joy in the midst of trials is a testament of how real Jesus is to us. How real is my faith? How real is Christ to me? When something steals your joy, you ask yourself, is this how real my faith in Christ is? And he's telling us to choose joy. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Another way that we choose joy, you choose joy through prayer and thanksgiving. And it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And if we look at the Bible, there's a strong connection between joy, prayer, and thanksgiving. And in First Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Saying, like, do not quench the Spirit. And so many times, when somebody's trying to steal our joy, we just quench it. We're like, oh, no, I don't want to listen to you, Holy Spirit. I want, to, I want to remain in this place. I want to remain in this place where I feel like I'm justified. But he's saying, do not quench the Spirit. Romans 12, 12, it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Now, when everything around you is trying to steal your joy, when your faith is being tested, you have to take it to God in prayer. Prayer and thanksgiving. Now it says in Matthew 11, it says, Jesus says, what does he say? My yoke is light. Now my, my yoke is light. My burden is easy. My, bur- my yoke is easy. My burden is light. <laughs> now, but there's times when, you know, when your yoke starts to feel mad heavy. You're like, man, this is, this thing, I'm carrying this thing. It's starting to lead you this way. It's starting to lead you this way. And it's at these times that you have to lay your burdens at the feet of Jesus. Because he says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But when things are getting heavy, you're carrying something that you're not meant to carry. So many times in our lives, we carry burdens that we're not meant to carry. we, We fight battles that we're not meant to fight. And in carrying these burdens and trying to fight these battles, we forfeit the ability to choose joy. And when things come up, and in our flesh, we try to solve it with our own understanding. Based on what we think is right. And we start carrying this burden. It's this burden that we should have given, it, given up to the Lord. We start stressing about it. When you stress about something, you're carrying something. You start stressing, you start getting all anxious. We start attributing worldly logic around it. Like, it'll, it'll work if I do this. And try to, you try to come up with your own solutions. 
we continue to see things in the natural. And when we find that things aren't going the way that they should, we get all hopeless and we lose our joy. This is what happens when we respond to things in our flesh. And a lot of times we respond like this, and then sometimes things go the way that it's supposed to go, and then we feel like, oh, it's great. But we never learned that lesson. But it's when things don't change. It says God is saying, choose joy. Now, this is how I'm tempted when I tend to react like this regarding Mina's mom. My mother-in-law, she's a great lady, but she doesn't like me very much. She really doesn't like me very much. And then there's times when she'll call, and Amina was like, oh, like my mom was like, 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 like yelling about you and doing all this, saying all these things. And in the natural, I'd be like, man, what, what can I do? And I get all anxious. I remember I get home, and she'll tell me something. I get all, like, anxious, and I get all kind of, like, fearful in my heart. Like, oh, what can I do? I need to, like, appease her, and I need to, like, like I don't know, call her more and, and say nice things to her. And all these things start running in my mind. And then Mina reminds me that it's not a battle that I'm supposed to fight. Yeah, I'm supposed to love her. I'm supposed to pray for her. We're supposed to be... But in the end, it's, it's God's battle. God will change your heart. God will turn her around. But in that moment, it's so hard for me. You know? It's like, oh, like, it's my mother-in-law. I should, she should like me. You know? But when we take that burden, whatever it is, and we take it to God and we lay it at His feet in faith and we apply our faith to that situation and we choose to let, we, we choose to not let that anxiety take over our life, that stress, that fear, we, we refuse to let it, let it sink in and we take it to God in prayer. And, and He gives us the revelation of Jesus, who He is in us, who He is in this situation. And you are reminded of the glorious blessings that you have in Jesus. Reminded of the glorious news that we share in. And as we give thanksgiving and we remain in that place of faith, we find ourselves in a place of joy. We find ourselves choosing joy. It says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. And when these things come, we have to take it to God. And if it's a burden... If it's a battle that you're not meant to carry or it's a battle you're not meant to fight, you have to give it to the Lord. And you do it completely with no anxiety. You choose joy through prayer. And one of the things I want to mention is when you pray, don't, pray, don't ever pray with anxiety in your heart. Don't ever pray with fear in your heart. Because you know what happens when you pray with anxiety and fear in your heart? You start to beg. Have you noticed that when you, when you have fear in your heart, you start, you start, you start praying. You're like, God, please help this. And God, like, and it's almost to the point where you're praying and you've lost your identity of who you are in him. And now you're like, like a dog begging for something. But in that moment, I, 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 I encourage you. And when, when God's bringing you to prayer, and then, but you still have this fear, before you pray, think about Jesus. Set your mind on Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, Give me a spirit. You did not give me a spirit of fear. But like, like help faith to rise up in me. And, and, and get that anxiety. And, put, and give that anxiety up to the Lord. And then you play from, from a place of faith. Because that's, that's the connection that you have with God. Yeah, God still hears you when you pray from a place of fear. 
But if that's always the way you're praying, something is wrong. Your image of God is not right. Your image of God, who God is in you, is not right. Now, something about prayer that I want to mention from this passage is, when you take it to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, it doesn't say that God will solve your problems. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, I believe in our church, we believe that God answers prayers. And when we pray, we pray from a place of faith, knowing that God answers prayer. Amen? But it doesn't say that he will always... Sometimes it's a yes. Sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a hold off. But just because things don't go your way, it doesn't mean that he's not answering your prayer. And the truth behind this passage isn't about God answering our prayers, but it's about what happens to us when we go to him in faith. When we take our burdens and we go to to him in, in that place of faith, It says what? He'll solve all our problems? No, it says that the peace of God which suppresses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, whatever the trial is, whatever the obstacle is, whatever it is that might be trying to discourage you and steal your joy, when you choose to remain in the Holy Spirit, you take it to God in prayer and in faith, and you choose to rejoice in the Lord. It says that the peace of God will guard your mind and your heart. So you can get past whatever hardship, whatever thing that's, that's in your way. He'll get you through it. Doesn't mean that he'll, 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 he'll remove the obstacle. Sometimes that's how we pray. Lord, my boss hates me. Lord, help me to have a new boss, Lord. That's how we pray. A lot of times we pray from that place. We pray without an understanding of who he is. And when we face obstacles, it's, it's not that yeah, we pray. For answered prayers. But our prayer needs to be one where we're praying his heart. And his heart isn't always to remove that obstacle for you. It's not always there to, to solve your problem. You know, things might remain. But he's saying, if you bring it to me in faith. And you, you hold on to your joy. He's saying, you know what? You're going to get past it. And I'll get you past it. I'm going to guard your heart and your mind. When you use your understanding... The world's understanding, you're going to feel hopeless. But God's saying, come to me, bring it to me, and I'm going to give you my peace, which makes no sense to this world, to the understanding of this world. And my peace is not only going to be with you, but it's going to guard your mind and your heart so that you can endure whatever it is, and you're going to do it with joy in your heart. Brothers and sisters, you choose joy by going to God in prayer. Not just when things are going bad, But it says what? Pray without ceasing. Pray always. It says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And we remain in a place of joy by always going to God in prayer. Always. Without ceasing. Going to Him in prayer with with joy and thanksgiving. Now at the beginning of my sermon I said that joy is a choice. And the choice is power. And we're not helpless to the circumstances of this world. No. This happens. I have joy. This happens. I have no joy. That's not the joy that God has for me. It's not the joy that God has for us. Well, my, my last point is that, yeah, choi- the joy is a choice and it's power, but it's a powerful weapon against the works of the enemy. It's a weapon against the works of the enemy who's trying to what? He's trying to steal your joy. 
It says that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And one of his favorite tactics is to steal your joy. Because he knows if he could take your joy, he can mess with you on a whole bunch of other levels. If he can take your joy, he can mess with your identity, he can get you all depressed, make you start isolating yourself, making you start feeling sorry for yourself, and then he can lead you down a path that can ultimately lead to your destruction. If you can take your joy, he can get you all angry. And you start building up resentment in your heart. Bitterness starts to form. And he can lead you to a place of unforgiveness, which is a deadly sin. It's one of the, the deadliest sins that Satan uses is unforgiveness. When we never know that we have it. We rarely realize that it's a sin. We're like, oh, I haven't stolen anything. I haven't looked at pornography. I haven't done this. But you fail to re- re- realize that you have unforgiveness in your heart. And God says that's a sin. He says, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, I can't forgive you. You can do this by taking your joy. Satan loves to take your joy because when you lose your joy, you're putting down your guard. But when you remain in a place of joy, the word of God says that it will guard your heart and your mind. The joy of the Lord guards you from the schemes of the enemy. But not only does it guard us, but the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then Satan's going to try to lie to you. He's going to lie to you. It's like, you are weak. He's going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to bring you, bring offense into your heart. He's going to try to instill bitterness and resentment. But you say, no, I choose joy. Everybody say, I choose joy. I choose joy. Say, I'm strong in the joy of the Lord. I guard my heart. I guard my mind with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is a weapon in your fight against the enemy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And you say, no, I have joy. Not just joy, but the joy of the Lord. It's a joy that comes from the knowledge that Jesus is on my side. He's before me. He's behind me. He has already won the victory. Satan, you have already been defeated. And I stand in the joy of his victory. I choose joy. No, you can't, cho- you can't choose joy and not have peace. You can't say that I have joy and then you have, all of a sudden you have all this anxiety and fear. It's an oxymoron. And brothers and sisters, I encourage you, choose joy. Choose joy. When you have fear, when you have anxiety, you know that you're not choosing joy. When you feel these things... Take it to God and say, God, I'm going to choose joy at this moment. I'm going to choose joy. It's not hard. I mean, it's not easy. It's difficult. But I know that in you, I can do it. And I'm going to choose joy. Lastly, I want to close with this. Paul writes, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. When you need to choose joy, when things in this world are trying to discourage you, 
when things aren't going your way and you pray and things aren't shifting, set your mind on these things. And one of the things in particular that I want to lead you to is it says, is anything worthy of praise? And the world is trying to get you down. When Satan's trying to steer your joy, set your mind on the testimony that God has written on your heart. Every single one of you, if you're a believer, God has written a testimony upon your heart. And it says in Revelations 12:11, and they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You testify about Jesus Christ, what he's done in your life. Like, man, I'm getting I'm losing my job. You know, and, and, and these people are trying to kick me out of my apartment. And, and, and everything in the natural says, just give up. Lose your joy. But then you testify. He's been with me every step of the way. He's never left my side. And you go back and you start thinking about testimonies of what he was to you. This is what David did when Saul was chasing after him. And he was like, oh man. His, his, his would be all, like a lot of his psalms is, is like, oh Lord. Like, this sucks. Like, I have enemies all around me. They're breathing down my neck. They're trying to kill me, blah, blah, blah. But then he says, but, you, I'm strong in the Lord. David always took it back to that but. And he said, you know what? You've been with me every step of the way. You're not going to leave me. And he, and he testifies about the goodness of God. He testified about who God is in him. That's what you need to do. When that moment comes up when you got to choose joy, and it's hard, and it's tough, you say, God, you've always... I testify for your goodness in my life. That's what, that's what Tao did. You know, Tao came up to me a couple of weeks ago, like about a month ago. Sorry, I'm going to put you on blast street. On front street. I'm going to put you on blast. Came out weird. She came up to me and she was like, she was like, oh, no, I don't know about if I want to continue on with leadership. And I feel like I don't have enough time. And she came up to me and I could tell that she was going through a lot of, like a place in her life where, 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 where things were not, looking right, and even good things was kind of trying to sap her joy from her. And I was like, oh, you know what, Tao? I want you to just hold off on a minute, go in and pray through. You know, pray through. Pray with no pressure from him, just pray through and, 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 and ask God for revelation in this thing. And, and I left it there. And I was like, oh, I should pray for Tao. And we prayed for her. And a couple of weeks later, she's like, you know what? Never mind. It's all good. I got remember. I got reminded of, of how, how strong I am. Is in I am in the Lord. She said, "I'm too strong to give up now." I read her. I read her. I was like, "Man, she got a revelation of the testimony of Jesus Christ that's upon her life." And at that moment, she was choosing joy, and I let her bless me. That's what you got to do. When thing, you know, there's going to be times. You know, it's not going to be always rosy and cherry, and everything's good and happy. Yeah, there's going to be tough times in our lives. But it's, God's saying, you know what? Even if it's tough, choose joy. Remain in that place of joy. You know, one of the reasons why I got, was led to this, this topic recently is because, you know, me and Mina, Mina and I, we, we, we signed for an apartment back in February. And since February, we've been trying to find a new tenant for our apartment. And so until somebody moves into our apartment, we don't get our key money back so that we can move into our new apartment. However, starting April 27th is in the contract. It's written that we got to start paying rent on both apartments. And then we have to start paying this penalty on, the, on the, the key money that's not there. 
And so, you know, for three months, I was praying. I was like, Lord, like, like, bring somebody, Lord. And as the day was approaching, I was like, Lord, bring somebody, Lord. Like, I, you know, you, we, and, and there was a moment where I started, I started getting discouraged. You know, every, like, every Saturday, I'd keep the house all clean, waiting for people to check out our house, and then nobody would come. And I started getting discouraged. I started, I started getting like, you know, like, like, oh, you know, starting, and then, and then these, these thoughts of anxiety start to fill me. Like, you know what, starting in, in April, you're going to be paying $1,000 extra just on rent and penalty. And I started thinking, oh, no, but what if, what if nobody moves in? You know, the, the lady that, own, that owns our current place, she doesn't have to give us our money back until, this, until January. The, her contract's till January. So on her side, she has no obligation to return that money to us. So until somebody moves in, and if nobody moves in, then we're going to be paying 1000 and some odd dollars every month. Until, until, until January. And I'll start, like, I start going, man, that's, that's like $8,000. And I start getting anxious. I start getting all this, like, and then, and then the enemy starts speaking, and like, like, you know, me and Mina were pregnant. I don't know if everybody knows, but Mina was, was, became pregnant, uh, back in, what, March, right? I think it was March. And then this is around in the time, and then I was like, oh, this joy, I was like, I'm gonna be a father! Everybody, like, hey, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, like, we have a baby, and her name is his name is Gummy, and, and we're like, we had this little baby in her stomach, and I got all excited, and all, and I, we were so happy. And then, and then, and then, these this thought started to creep in, like, oh, but what if, like, all our savings is gonna start going down the drain, and, and what if she, what if we don't get an apartment, and and, and the baby comes, and like, we have no and. You just start, and, and then even the joy of our baby started getting like sapped from me. And then I got into a place where I felt like, man, like, 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 and I, and I started to do, I started to wrap my mind around it with the worldly, like what, what I can do. I tried to solve it with my mind. I tried to think, oh man, what can I do? And maybe we could pay her off and, and she'll give, and then all these things start to, to, to run into my mind. And then God said, you know what? Like, like, listen to me. And he kept on bringing me back to this verse. I'll put it up on Facebook. And I kept on reading it. And, then, and there were times when I, I'd be like, yes. But you know what? It was a choice to rejoice every day. You have to choose it every day. And every day, there was a fresh grace upon from God over my heart to just rejoice in him. And to, to look at it, the circumstances, you know, the circumstances haven't changed. We're still paying about $1,000 more every month. But then my perspective has been completely, radically transformed by Christ. I look at it and I have all faith. And then he was asking me, man, even if you lose $10,000, will you still rejoice? And I said, yes, God, I will rejoice. It's a choice that God led me to make. And he's like, you know what, I'm bringing you through this. It's a lesson that you have to learn. It's a lesson that you have to learn for your child. Knowing that money is not what's going to raise your child. And I was like, boom, I got blown away one night. I was like, money, the money that you think you have saved up is not going to raise your child. And God brought me to repentance. I was like, oh, Lord. Like, like, I've, been, I've been putting everything. Like, I been, haven't been looking at you. He said, look at me. And it was all by the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. As I started going to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, like, like well, how, do I, how do I get past this situation? What do I do? And he's saying, he's saying, you know what? 
Be joyous. No matter what this world could take from you, you should not be able to take your joy. You can get robbed. You can get, you can get, get cheated. People, you can be, you can be, uh, uh, treated unjustly. You can lose all your money. Will you still rejoice? Because whatever hopes that you have is not based on money. Whatever hopes that you have is not based on your education. Or whatever you think that you, that's going to get you through. The only thing that's going to get you through is, is the presence of God. Because in my presence is the fullness of joy. I got brought to this revelation. It's, it's a, it's a powerful, it was a powerful word to me. And I shifted. Shifted my heart. And, and, and I chose joy. I, cho- I chose to rejoice. Rejoice. <laughs> Lastly, I want to I close by saying this. We choose joy by praising God. If Pastor Herman can come up. We choose joy by praising God. When, when, we, when, we're, when we're feeling all defeated, when we feel like the world is not on our side, we feel that people are out to get us, when circumstances don't go our way, you know what we got to do? We got to praise it through. We gotta go to him in praise. Why? It says in the word of God that God inhabits the praises of his people. And it says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. We gotta go to him in praise. I want us to all stand up. And I want us to go to him right now in praise. I want us to choose joy. Choose joy. I want us to sing the second song that we sang earlier today. Is that alright? Man, I love that song. You got another song? All right, that's good. That's good. Right, but I want us to choose joy and worship Him. Go to Him in that, from that place of praise and say, God, I choose joy. I choose joy not, and not my circumstances. I choose joy and not what this world is trying to do to me. I choose you, God. Let's take it, let's take it to Him in praise. Let's pray. Let's praise.